sometimes simple is better. Get yourself a cup of tea or a beverage of your choice and get comfortable at the Beanbag Cafe. We talk about all things motherhood and modern day parenting without losing you in the process. Because after all, you were someone before you became someone's mother. I'm here to honor that. We dive in to all kinds of topics, whether how to prioritize you as a mom, how to choose the most useful items in your baby registry, or how to surround yourself with mom friends that uplift and support you. We have it all. Motherhood can be challenging, so let's do it together. One bedtime routine at a time. Welcome to the Beanbag Cafe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Beanbag Cafe podcast. I'm your host, Julie Fernandes. I'm an occupational therapist, a life coach for moms, and a mother of three little ones, age seven, four, and one. And today, we're going to talk about caring for a sick child. But we're going to flip it on on its head because we're going to talk about caring for you when your child is sick. So if that is something that is interesting to you, make sure that you keep listening. Okay, so this episode was requested, I'll say, by a close friend of mine who has a little baby who has been on and off sick for quite a quite a while um, in his short little life. And it's timely because I have just recovered from a little illness, not the illness that's circulating the globe, <laughs> um, but just I would think like a common cold. And I wanted to go into a few things about this because I think the way that we approach sickness and illness, especially when it comes to children, I think there's things that we might be overlooking. So um, for me, I don't really get sick very often, but I have noticed since having children, when I push myself too far, I don't have the same resilience that I would have if I didn't have a child. Now you could argue I'm a little bit older and that kind of thing, but still, I I just think I would be able to weather it um, a little better. So my theory about germs in general is, um, well, we should not be hiding too much from germs because this is what happens. You get sick. Your immune system doesn't get any practice. One of the negatives, one of the many downsides of the pandemic is that by um, keeping everybody inside and away from each other, we are not allowing our immune systems to practice fighting and to develop armies for sort of common ailments that humans easily kind of brush off. The other thing, and not a scientist here, but I, well, I know slash believe that there are germs, virus, particles, bacteria. I mean, we don't want to go into too much detail and freak everybody out, but there are germs circulating all over the place. They're on our skin, they're on the surfaces that we touch, they're in the air, they're obviously on other people, people that we live with and interact with, and people that we touch. So there's germs everywhere. But the way that I see it is that your immune system, when you have a healthy immune system, it's always prepared and it will fight off germs. And it's when that immune system kind of gets bypassed that you develop symptoms into something. Now, what are the common things that by allow an, an immune system to be bypassed or allow an immune system to be uh, attacked, quote unquote? Well, the obvious ones, stress, lack of sleep, maybe poor nutrition, um, just overexerting yourself, not resting. And that's kind of exactly what happened to me, probably all those versions. So maybe two podcasts ago, I spoke about how or maybe it was a bit more, but I spoke about how in the past I would have um, 
I would have been a hot mess over what was going on. And basically what I was referring to, you can go back and listen to that episode. But we had quite a, I wouldn't even say it was a stressful week. It was very busy slash intense. And um, my husband was at a conference here in Austin. So here's the irony of the whole thing. He didn't actually have to go anywhere. So um, for those of you that don't know me, my husband used to work in finance and, well, he still works in finance, but he used to work in banking and specifically investment banking in New York is very intense in terms of travel and long hours. So he wasn't at home that much and he used to travel a lot, like once a week, maybe once every two weeks, if not once a week, he'd go to, he'd go on these short trips, like two or three day trips, sometimes a day. I mean, the type of things that he was doing, I could never, you know, he would fly uh, I mean, he flew to China once for two days. Anyway, I digress. This episode is not about him. The point being, <laughs> he had a conference in Austin and it was long days, but he wasn't even traveling. He wasn't even leaving. He came home to go to bed. You know what I mean? So we had that going on. And then on top of that, so I had all three kids. Um, this was kind of like over a weekend. So, so they were at school for a little bit, then the weekend. And then the other part of that was um, that I was working, helping a uh, a friend of mine and a colleague kind of, because we work in a similar space. She also does coaching for moms and she works in like the postpartum period. Anyway, I was helping her co-host a workshop and this workshop was six days long for an hour, but we ended up it ended up being more than an hour. Um, and it was every night at my time, 6 p.m., which is a very stressful period of time anyway because of like dinner and bedtime and bathing and just the kids and the end of the day and so I was doing that whilst this conference was going on whilst like my regular life whilst trying to like you know keep our house not looking like a tornado had hit it I just can't handle when I walk on the floor and it's crunchy you know what I mean and I yeah anyway and I'm not even that obsessed with cleaning it might come across that I am I'm really not I do not even vacuum every day even though I easily easily could and should um but there's bare minimum kind of hygiene that we need to maintain and it easily it easily gets affected plus we were having people over for dinner and that kind of stuff okay so I got to the I got towards the end of that workshop, probably the Tuesday. So I'd been doing this from Thursday to Tuesday and I started to kind of get a cold. And I'd noticed that Neve had sort of like a runny nose before this. Um, and I was like, you know, and, and the thing with her being a little baby and having an immature immune system, she could easily just be reacting to things that none of us, not, no one else is symptomatic towards, right? Um, so basically... Uh, she started getting a little sniffly and I was like, mm, but she was, she was fine. No fever or anything. She wasn't very sick. It's just, you get a little bit of a cold. Um, but then I got it maybe two or three days later. And I'm pretty sure it was because I'd been running myself ragged basically. And you can still hear that. I sound a little bit, um, like my throat sounds a little bit scratchy. I'm, I'm actually fine. I have a bit of a cough. Um, and also I tested myself for COVID. I don't have COVID, but I think I just have like rhinovirus, which is just the common cold. Anyway, so I thought this question was really interesting about how to deal with a sick child, because it's not just the child that's sick. It's the consequences that it has on you. And you may or may not get sick, but how do you react to that? And also, I think the things that you almost need to do if you were sick are the things you need to do to prevent sickness. So let me just get back to this. So when you have a sick child, you know, unless they're like really, really ill, right? And they need to go to hospital. We're just talking about like your garden variety children's sickness that 
doesn't typically need to go to the doctor. Maybe you, maybe if you're nervous, you go and have them checked out. Um, you know, you rule out certain things like, um, ear infections or just, um, I guess COVID or something like that. You could, you could do that. I probably, I'm less inclined to take a child to the doctor unless I really feel like I can't manage the situation. Um, because you're obviously, um, exposing them to other germs in like a pediatrician's office. Um, and you're probably wasting money kind of if, if they can't really help you. Plus I know that when you take a child, say to the ER or something, um, for a high fever, they'll reduce the fever in the same ways that you would at home. And because a child or baby can't really do a lot in terms of medication, like you'll, you'll give them Tylenol or Motrin, which is what you can administer at home. And personally, I would prefer to be at home, um, looking after my child, but I know not everybody has that level of comfort and confidence. And obviously you do whatever you feel is comfortable. Also, I'm, I'm aware that your partner may disagree and want to take them to a doctor or something. Um, I have kind of a medical background slash I have a medical parent. And so I, I think I take, take it for granted that I can just text my dad and say, Hey, what do you think? Whatever. And often he tells me to take my child to the doctor and sometimes I don't. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you do whatever is right for you. But the point being, unless what I'm saying is, unless it's something very serious that you can't handle at home, um, you're going to have these garden variety kind of calls with a child. And I feel like as a mom, as a parent, you kind of, you learn quickly slash you use your intuition and your instinct, how to care for your child. Lots of rest, um, kind of keeping the days quiet, you know, not going to do a million things. Obviously you don't want to ex get someone else sick and you don't want to expose your child to like other people, um, when the immune system is lower, um, lots of fluids. So I personally think like lots of, um, if you're breastfeeding, offering up a lot of opportunities to breastfeed or, you know, give them water, milk, whatever you're feeding them, because um, you need a lot of fluid when you're sick, and just like chilling out. Obviously, you want to keep them cool, so if they have a high temperature, you are going to use a, a cool bath or a washcloth on their forehead. Um, sometimes, you know, with medication, you might want to wait unless the temperature is very high, their fever is very high, that's different, and you're like concerned about like um I think it's like infant febrile seizures and things like that. Okay, that can happen when fevers are really high. Like we're talking like 104 kind of thing. Um, and also depends on the age. You know, some people will say anything over 100 for a newborn baby is very scary and you should take them in, blah, blah, blah. Um, and sometimes, depending on your doctor, they will, they will not allow you to give them medication. So you do you. This is not really a, a podcast about um, like medication for children because I'm not a doctor. But... Um, all I'm saying, and my point being, you kind of know how to look after a sick baby, right? But what you might not be doing or might not be listening to, even if you know this cognitively, is how do you look after yourself? Because what will often happen if mom is very stressed or just like burning the candle at both ends, or just, I mean, maybe not, maybe just, it just is. Um, it's a germ that mom hasn't come into contact with. She will get sick too, or dad, or both, Right. And now what do you do? Because you have the sick baby that maybe is not sleeping as well. Like they're, they're manageable, they're stable, but they're waking up. They're waking up every three hours, every four hours, every two hours. Whereas before maybe they were waking up once in the night or not at all, you know, and you're not used to this now. And now you're not feeling well and you need to sleep. How do you manage that? And, you know, there's no easy answer for this because you can't not look after your child. 
and you kind of have to go down into hunkering hunkering mode but I think the thing is like to think about okay this is an opportunity to rest because I know for me personally and I think a lot of people that listen to this podcast resting putting yourself first as a mom is hard it's like you want to just power through. You want to do everything. You want to do all the things. You want to work. You want to work out. You want to be the best mom ever. You want to be the best partner ever. You want to have the most amazing relationship. You want to be in the best shape of your life. All of these things. Like uh, you want to have hobbies and friends and blah, blah, blah. I mean, we all kind of want some version of that. But <laughs> once you introduce something as monumental as a child in your life, some things have to take a bit of a backseat. And I have found time and again, And I find that when I do get sick, it is a note to be like, hey, slow down. Like, hey, you need to just take care of yourself. Because how can you take care of yourself? How can you how can you take care of anybody else when you're not taking care of yourself? Right? That's really what it boils down to. And so, yes, I'm gonna tell you all those practical things. Sleep when the baby sleeps. Cancel your social engagements. I mean, you're probably gonna do this anyway. Make sure you're eating healthy, nutritious meals. Ask for help. You know, get someone to cook for you or, you know, um, get your partner to cook. Order, order some chicken soup if you need to, um, you know, take the time off from work. There were so many times when I would like power through, I wasn't like full, full on sick, but I could maybe feel that I was getting a bit sick. I was so exhausted, but I wasn't technically sick. So I would feel guilty about calling out sick and letting all those people down. And then often you get more sick, right? Or you're just so miserable and it's just not worth it. At the end of the day, you have sick time, that kind of thing for a reason. Um, and then that first year of life when your baby's immune system is, is, um, immature, maybe you're transitioning to a nanny or like a nanny share or daycare or some kind of school or something and, and your baby's getting sick a lot. It can be hard to call out from work again. And this is why it is tough working and having a baby and how maternity leave is so, in my opinion, so short in the US. It should be a year. And, and I know people are going to be like, I mean, that's ridiculous, blah, 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 blah. But people... I'm going on a tangent, but people had a total meltdown about having the 12 weeks or six weeks of FMLA initially. So six weeks of short-term disability, time off. They had a total meltdown about this um, and they wanted, you know, it was unpaid and all this kind of stuff. And it made zero difference to productivity after the studies that they did. It really didn't matter. And if anything, if you look after your moms in your organization and you allow them to take the time off that they need for their baby, A, you're going to get better citizens growing up and contributing to the workforce. Okay, all that kind of stuff. But also you'll get moms that will be loyal to you and will never leave. And, you know, I don't say that from a study perspective. I say that just from, you know, my my gut telling me that and just anecdotal um stories that I've heard. Um, but if you, because respecting a mom and work is kind of rare, I feel like if you treat new mothers well, um, and allow them time with their baby and flexible time and that kind of stuff, you will have loyal employees for life. But I digress. So really the thing is, is this illness, is it telling you to slow down? And what can you learn from this and how can you slow down and how can you prevent this from happening again? Because it's not a foregone conclusion that if your baby gets sick, you will get sick, right? That doesn't automatically happen. I mean, in my house now, I'm the only one who kind of got a cold. The, the big kids are fine and so is my husband. So, and he's been running around doing crazy things. They run around and do crazy things, but for whatever reason, they, they're fine. 
And they also like, I mean, yes, I'm the one who primarily takes care of the baby, but my husband's holding her and kissing her. The kids are all up in her face all the time. Um, you know, it, it was me who was, I knew I was pushing myself. I was pushing myself to the limits. And I feel like had I not had children, I probably wouldn't have got sick. Right. I probably wouldn't have um, my immune system would have been OK. I would have been able to manage it because I would have had probably once that sort of six day sprint of the workshop was over, I would have been able to rest and like have my own time and sleep uninterrupted. But because I have children, I'm just at a disadvantage in terms of fighting off viruses and things. And part of me is like, OK, this is telling me to slow down. I need to respect this. I need to sleep more. I need to be quiet more. Um, but it's unfortunate because I have things I need to do <laughs> and we're getting ready to go on a really big trip and I need to start planning, you know, preparing and that kind of stuff. And so it's really not ideal. Like getting sick is never really ideal. So mama, I'm telling you, if your child is sick and you are getting sick, use this as an opportunity to look at the foundations of your life and how you can prevent this from happening, but how you can really respect your body. And also take note that this is what happens when we don't invest in ourselves. And I'm not just talking like financially investing. Like, yes, I'm a mom coach and I highly, highly recommend that you hire someone to help you um, in these early years. You know, whether that is a therapist, although they usually focus on different things to a life coach. But someone, especially a life coach for moms, really has that understanding and is like clocked in to what you need as a mom and how hectic life can get. So yes, obviously I'm all for investing in that and that is something I've done for myself, right? And I think it has made me a better person and therefore a better parent. But I'm also talking about investing in your food and your rest and your happiness and your joy because that is what reflects onto your children. And when you make that into a habit, it's so much easier to make that just the status quo of your family. And remember that children don't listen to the words that they say. They watch what we do. They role model us. I, I say this a lot and I said this in the workshop and it came up a few times, but children, especially babies, let's talk about babies, right? Because it's easier for us to understand. Babies do not speak English or insert your language of choice here. They speak energy. And that's super powerful. So let me say that again. Babies do not speak English. They speak energy. And that means that how you behave and how you lead your life is what they are learning. Something else, and this is why I'm so passionate about helping moms in the early years. And for me, I define early years like, you know, seven, eight years old and under. That is when subconscious, the subconscious mind is forming. That is the inner voice inside of you. And I've spoken about this on podcast episodes before, I'm sure. Um, it is the inner voice inside of you that will dictate the rest of your life. That inner voice is what is running your life until you die after around eight years old. Once that's closed, it's so much harder to program your child. And don't you want to program them for high self-esteem, you know, self-love, uh, taking care of themselves, prioritizing themselves so that they can give back, being selfish in the true form, not in a negative way, looking after themselves. Because this is opposite to how I have been programmed through my, the, my upbringing, culture, society, the world, you know, the idea that you should be a martyr, that you should sacrifice everything for your children. And the problem is, what does that get you? So now me getting sick, like I wasn't that sick. So I was still able to function. I've definitely been more ill, um, but it wasn't ideal. You know, it means that I have less energy. I want to go to bed. I want my children to go to bed as soon as possible. I'm not spending as much time with them. 
obviously there's a possibility I could get them sick too. But it's just, you know, we had friends coming into town and luckily by that point I was much better. Um, but it's all these things that you want to live life and getting sick just kind of interrupts things. I do think everything happens for a reason. So I think, you know, I was supposed to get sick, I guess, quote, quote unquote, because it was maybe just a little reminder that I needed to slow down. So I'm grateful for that because it also makes me value my health. But it also it made me really think like, okay, got to put your oxygen mask on first. Otherwise, you're going to be useless to everybody else. Um, and you know what? I go on about this like to try and drill it into your head that you need to take care of yourself in order to take care of other people. But what if just taking care of yourself is enough? What if that is just enough and your children are going to see that you value you, you love yourself. And isn't that what we want for our children? We want them to love themselves. So this episode turned into a little bit more than what do you do when you're sick? I hope that was helpful. And I answered that question. Um, but you have to rest you have to take a step back. You have to cancel your to-do list because until you're fighting strong and healthy again, that stuff doesn't even matter. If you lose your health, you lose everything. And that includes your mental health, emotional health, and physical health. So I hope this episode is helpful. And, you know, I hope it's a wake-up call in some way. You know, I'm a wake-up call. Um, my friend that is asking this question, it's a great question. Um, I hope that, I mean, I hope she is going to feel better soon and I hope she can, you know, prevent uh, this from happening again because it might be, it might be indicative of overdoing and like, aren't we all a bit of that, bit of the overdoers in this, in this culture that we live in. Anyway, if you enjoyed this episode, if you think it would be helpful to share with someone else, um, please do that. Please share it. Um, you can leave reviews on whichever platform you listen to, iTunes, um, Anchor, Spotify, whatever works for you. I would be so appreciative because I really do want to grow the podcast and it takes it takes time to grow things, you know, um, but I do think it's important to get this message out there. So if it was helpful, I would love you to share it and um, and come back next week. So until that time, have a beautiful week. Stay healthy. Take care of you. OK, um, and I will chat to you soon.